you are listening to Beetroot, the poetry podcast brought to you by the University of Amsterdam. I'm Marta, and we're here with Lodi today. Hey. And Bippin. Hello. Uh, yes, we're very excited to welcome Bippin to our podcast. Um, Bippin is from India um, and is a storyteller at Mesrab and works in IT. And he moved to Amsterdam five years and 11 months ago today, he tells me. So, um, welcome to the show, Bippin. Thank you, thank you. And uh, the poem you've decided to bring with you today is uh, The Solitude of Alexander Selkirk by William Cowper, written in 1875 and published in the collection The Golden Treasury. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe before you read it to us, uh, why did you choose to bring on this poem today? So this poem I read for the first time when I was 12 years old in school. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so there's so many stories around it. I Let me put it this way. This poem has kind of been a part of my life in different phases. Um, it has given me words to understand what's happening in my life. Mm -hmm. um, especially in three parts. So I think what I would... It's also a really long poem. <laughs> so what I think huh? we could do is I could read um, two stanzas, stanzas each throughout the um, podcast and then talk about them. Of course. Sounds brilliant. Amazing. So, Do you would want you to, like start? to start for us? Before I start, just a quick mm -hmm. story. So that's the, this poem is about the eponymous sailor Alexander Selkirk, who was uh, stranded on an island uh, for four years, four months. And William Cowper wrote this poem to talk about the mental state through which the sailor went through. Mm -hmm. um, another fun fact, it's... Uh, popularly known that Robinson Crusoe's story was inspired from his story. Another fun fact. <laughs> so <that> fun. <laughs> <laughs> that the island on which um, Selkirk was stranded is now called Robinson Crusoe Islands because the legend of Crusoe is much more strong. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, as I said, this poem gives me different answers to conundrums in my life. Mm. But the opening lines are... Uh, I'm the monarch of all I survey. My right, there is none to dispute. From center all around to the sea, I'm the lord of the flower and the brute. O oh, solitude, where are the charms that sages have seen in thy face? Better dwell in the midst of alarms than reign in this horrible place. I'm out of humanity's reach. I must finish my journey alone. Never hear the sweet music of speech. I start at the sound of my own. The beasts that roam over the plain, my form with indifference see. They are so unacquainted with man, their tameness is shocking to me. Hmm. So in the opening two stanzas, um, what Cowper does is he talks about how alone and he is. But he doesn't use the word uh, words for loneliness, he uses the word solitude. Mm-hmm which spoke to me really deeply as a 12-year-old kid because I was a loner. <laughs> and to a loner kid, you give another word, which is cooler than loneliness, which is solitude. Yeah. Like, yeah. like this sounds good. I'll yeah. make this cool. <laughs> also, um, the I think the first time I read it, I really did not care about the rest of the poem. The only two lines that mattered to me is, I'm the monarch of all I survey. Mm. my right there is none to dispute from center all around to the sea I'm the lord of the fowl and the brute 
as an awkward teenager who did not have confidence yeah. <laughs> these lines are the ones that really really spoke to me yeah wow it's yeah i really like that though that this poem was written in 1875 and then centuries later you have this little 12 year old kid in india like, <laughs> like, yes. really thank you for the confidence boost <laughs> <laughs> Do you want another fun fact before you move on to the poem? Of course, yeah. we love fun facts here at Beatrix. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as they say, right? Uh, do not um, look for facts about your heroes. Or there's a better way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Um, never meet your heroes. No, never meet your heroes. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't English tonight. <laughs> so, <laughs> because you like absolute, there's a movie absolutely love, then you find about find find out about Roman Polanski and. Yeah. other stuff but so somehow i never actually spent time reading about william cowper hmm. until a few months ago and then when i this researched i find out that he's one of the coolest people to have lived he um he was looked up by a lot of famous poets including including william wordsworth hmm. he is considered one of the forerunners of um, the romantic poem uh, poetry movement and he was one of the people who was uh, part of the abolitionist movement against slavery mm-hmm. so he even wrote a poem from uh, a slave's perspective wow. so um one of the few times when i am glad i looked up a poem yeah yeah <laughs> there are there are good ones out there yeah. um how does it feel to read it now oh ah it's that i have so i call it my asymptotic poem because i don't think i've actually finished it in spirit but for that we'll have to go to the last line so mm, let let's, let's do this let me read the next two stanzas yeah go ahead so the next two stanzas are um i read when i left my parents home at the age of 15 so the lines are <clears throat> society friendship and love divinely bestowed upon man Oh had I the wings of a dove how soon would I taste you again my sorrows i then might assuage in the ways of religion and truth might learn from the wisdom of age and be cheered by the sallies of youth ye winds that have made me a sport convey to this desolate shore some cordial endearing report of a land i shall visit no more my friends do they now and then send a wish or a thought after me Or tell me I yet have a friend do a friend I'm never to see so um even when I was a kid I really liked being on my own I was incredibly excited when I left my parents so don't get me wrong I love my parents <laughs> but I really wanted to be on my own and independent so um when I left and a week later I came back I have this very strong memory of my mother saying the sweets in the refrigerator get it <laughs> I'm like wait what <laughs> I used to get shouted at for taking food <laughs> especially sweets and it's a weird thing like she conveyed affection and I realized that I'm on my own now mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I remember reading this poem again and this time the whole opening lines did not speak to me no. with confidence I I That's when I realized that he's actually talking about solitude in a in a lonely way. Mm. So then I read this <clears throat> and I read ye winds that have made me a sport convey to this desolate shore a land 
some cordial enduring report of a land I shall visit no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I knew that um, at least like in Indian society, it's an incredibly supportive society. It comes at a cost where everybody has a say in your life, how you should be, when you should get married, mm. and that's the bit I never liked. I wanted to be on my own, um, and I knew that there's always going to be support, but I'm actually on my own, mm-hmm. and it was a it was very weird and difficult to process. But the fact remains that this poem is the one that made me realize that mm. I'm on my own. There's no other way, so it is what it is. Yeah, and it's that. Um, I mean, you said about uh, Alexander Selkirk being the castaway. Yeah, and that's when you really feel it when you're on the island and you're surrounded yes. by water and no one's swimming or boating mm. towards you. Yeah, There's, uh, there are two things that um, in the last few lines that really again spoke to me. One was, um, my own voice startles me. Mm. Uh, mm. It it's a. I somehow I remember this uh, reading and this one just um, being the first time realizing how this actually happens mm. when you're alone for a while and you can't recognize your own voice. It's 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 one of those fewer times when um, a set of words just became alive to me. Yeah. And the other one is uh, um, better to rate. Where is that one? Hmm. This is what happens when we have a long poem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're hunting for everything. What was the line that in? Um, I'll tell you what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Um, John Milton's poem Paradise Lost yeah. has that line, uh, uh, to ren, ren in he- hell than, mm. than to serve in heaven. And here yeah. he talks about... Uh, is it better dwell in the midst of alarm? Yes. 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 Mm. So it's yeah. a it's a weird um, parallel. They're talking about opposite things, mm-hmm. but you realize how um, poetry gives words uh, to feelings which you have deep inside, but you have not been able to spre- express. Mm. In in fact, that's one of the reasons I really like poetry. It's like. Um, like if you take a step back, right? Um, yeah. Different people have different ways of looking at art. Mm. For me, the way I look at it is that art is both a bit narcissistic <laughs> and vulnerable. Yeah. And poetry takes it both of them to another extreme. Mm-hmm. And I, that's another reason I don't have the courage to share any poems that I ever scribble. Mm. I think it's just too vulnerable. It it um, it involves the audience. It lets them fill their own stories. Not with prose. With prose, I'm telling you, this is what happens. I can use metaphor. I can give you um, imagination, space for imagination to fill mm. in the gaps. But the poetry, it's it's too personal. Mm. People start filling in their own stories. So mm-hmm. when I write it, I'm saying that this is who I am. And when you're reading it, you're accepting this is who I am. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like you said about the different perceptions of art I guess poetry is kind of the embodiment of different perceptions of life and there's a lot of uh, breathing room for that when either we write or we read it but I have to say when I um, read this poem it really reminded me of your storytelling Biffin um, because I've seen Biffin perform at Mm -hmm. Mesrab and he's great so if you can ever catch him run on down to the Mesrab Um, but 
the way you have with words, I definitely saw in this poem, and the way you can transport people, and I definitely think that is a weapon of poetry as well, mm-hmm. to transport people to another place. Right, mm. right. Yeah, and I really like what you said about this idea um, that if you're using prose in a certain way, you're telling you know someone this story that happened to you, but there is this sense, and it's also what happened with you in this poem, is like when you read a poem, all of a sudden it becomes like yours, right, you know, and you right, really put your own... Right life experiences and feelings and stuff into it and just completely reappropriated where it's not even the writers anymore this is like Bippin's poem yeah Yeah. (laughs) but we've been transported here to uh, the desert island exactly but now we're identifying ways as to how we might feel on the desert island is it even about Alexander Selkirk anymore like how do we feel in our isolation you know is there a particular in the last four stanzas that you've read is there a particular line uh, that stands out to you? Oh, yeah. Um, this one. Ye winds that have made me a sport convey to this desolate show some cordial uh, endearing report of a land I shall visit no more. Mm. Um, it's So I'm, I'm fortunate to have grown up reading poetry in different languages. Um, in fact, choosing this poem was incredibly difficult Um because there are so many lovely po- Urdu poems, Punjabi poems, and if there's time, I would love to talk a couple of lines about some other poems. Yeah, of mm. course. But this thing about talking to winds, it's 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 so universal that I'm sure I can uh, I know poems in in different languages that do, that do this. Wow. It could be a love poem, it could be a poem about revolution, mm. but you're talking to the winds. Wow. And it's this one has always just been. Um, uh, also because accepting these lines made me uh, accept to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. (laughs) and yeah so this one okay and uh, maybe you want to move on to it's the last part of the poem last part of the poem yeah okay those are the ones that I as I talk as I'm talking about I still haven't finished I still struggle with them Mm. How fleet is a glance of the mind compared with the speed of its flight. The tempest itself lags behind and the swift winged arrows of light. When I think of my own native land, in a moment I seem to be there. But alas, recollection at hand soon hurries me back to despair. But the sea fowl is gone to her nest. The beast is laid down in its lair. Even here is a season of rest and I to my cabin repair. There's mercy in every place and mercy encouraging thought gives even affliction a grace and reconciles man to his lot. Mm. So in the last two stanzas, um, he's slowly, Cowper is slowly talking about how Selkirk is reconciling. So in mm. the first two, he talks about solitude. In third and fourth, he is talking about Realizing the value of society, friendship, love, mm. and trying to reach, um, get a news of them. In the fifth stanza, he's trying to reach himself there and talking about how mind works so fast that the moment he realizes and he's there. Mm. Um, but the last stanza is the one that I love and I've and I have struggled with, which is... Uh, There's mercy in every place and mercy encouraging thought gives even affliction a grace and reconciles man to his lot. It's a beautiful line. Right? 
So it um these lines send me into schizophrenia. <laughs> <laughs> a part of my brain goes this Here is beautiful <laughs> a part of my brain goes this is beautiful this is mm. true and the other can we swear on the podcast of course this other okay. part of my brain goes fuck you <laughs> because here's the thing right um reconciles man to his lot it's it's talking about the inevitability of reconciliation mm. i hate the lack of control Yeah. At the same time there's truth in it like you mm-hmm. go through there is no um pain that you cannot get through mm-hmm. if you give enough time. Mm. And a part of my teenage brain still can't accept it because it means a part of my mind goes so none of this has any value. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know the reality that's not what it is but it just it it this feels wrong. Mm. Um I can reason with it. I have reasoned with it a lot. <laughs> For example, um like one of the imagery I like to use in when I'm talking about this poem is like maybe life is just these um islands of anguish and reconciliation and everything in between is life. Mm. and you build these bridges with compassion and love and that's the way to live life wow. yeah that's but then it's image. yeah <laughs> wow that really got in my brain <laughs> <laughs> but it just doesn't feel right yeah. like you're going through so much shit mm. and like yeah it'll be fine it will be fine <laughs> you'll be i okay. mean with the with the island analogy you use it's like the there's water in between all the islands right. but the, the but the sea is choppy and it's rough and exactly. everyone's going to get seasick along the way right. and we don't know if we're going to lose some people right. like you know and there just, might be pirates in the ocean right. we have no idea what's going to happen and just like selkirk we are stranded in the island of anguish are mm. the happy times but you know it's going to be over yeah, yeah. it's both it's talking about being stranded both physically and metaphorically i think because mm-hmm. even when i looked up who alexander selkirk was i saw scottish i think naval yeah. officer yeah. who was stranded and i saw scottish and i immediately thought about i have some scottish family in glasgow and that is yeah wow the family i have there is every it's so huge it's so welcoming it's so mm-hmm. um loving and i imagined being stranded away from them on an island mm-hmm. and i can't assume that alexander selkirk had anything like the colorful scottish family <laughs> i have in glasgow oh but uh, but apparently when he was younger he was incredibly rowdy and he mm. was supposed to be sent to jail or something so he oh. joined the private navy mm-hmm. and uh, um it's said that when he came um when he was rescued on the island he had found peace in solitude wow and th- that's i think the reason why cowper chose the these words mm. um but this brings me to no- me to another thing as he came back to real world he came back to his original self slowly and steadily yeah and this takes me back to my own personal experience again is that um i struggled with depression when i was younger um mm. that's also where the last lines really helped me out struggled as if it's done no There was this phase when I mm-hmm. I went through it properly. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that helped me is meditating uh in Buddhist monasteries. Uh I used to meditate in the monastery of the Dalai Lama which is in McLeod India. Mm-hmm. I 
it used to be peaceful and i'm really good and as i slowly inch towards the city back to the life mm-hmm. and it all just dissolves yeah yeah <laughs> i think i get that feeling with the poem a lot like even just i think of the image of the island and the water coming in on the beach and there's this sense of unavoidability that things right. that the sea will go- come in and it will go out again and it will you know and right. that Right. no matter everything like even if you're stranded on this desert island away from humanity you'll get used to that and then even after that incredibly crazy experience and coming back to humanity you'll get used to that too and this kind of hmm. you've used the perfect word we get used to anything yeah what the hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah we acclimatize ourselves to whatever yeah. is happening around yes. us yeah It reminded me of um a few episodes back we brought on our, our favorite poems and the one I brought with me was very focused around the countryside because that's where I grew up that's where I'm from mm. and I feel a very similar the countryside is so peaceful and I feel very in the center right. if I can use those words and when I come to the city sometimes it's a little uh, too loud right. or you need to go somewhere where it's a little quieter there's where in the in spau in the square with all the bookshops where mm. um where washstones is from uh, tim uh, there's this beautiful i think old nunnery and there's Bechainhof. yeah yes and spau is so busy there's bikes there's tr- two tram lines that go through there there's kibbling stands there's so much noise going on and you walk inside this monastery and it's yeah. quiet yeah. there's tourists everywhere but they have to be quiet everyone so, has to respect the quiet that's true like i went to bakhainhof for the first time around 4 years ago it was beautiful mm. uh, then iamstudent.com started promoting it yeah <laughs> the last time i went a few months ago it was still quieter compared to outside yeah but not as quiet as it no. used to be yeah obviously nothing stays <laughs> no stays sacred yeah. but I there guess. is mercy in every place and mercy encouraging thought yeah, yeah exactly exactly i think so um I think there's so much more to say about this poem but yeah. uh and we can definitely uh, I hope this conversation continues. Yeah, after we've stopped recording. <laughs> um but now we've come to the part of the podcast where we ask for your contribution Bipin to right. our communal poem which is the new name um coined by by our very own Martin McDuff. Um so give us what you've got. What is your contribution to the poem? So there is a line I found in my notebook and I have absolutely no memory of when I wrote it <laughs> why I wrote it um the line is he died surrounded by his friends but so did Julius Caesar <laughs> What a wonderful line yeah, really I really <laughs> like it Do you want to tell us a little bit about it maybe not what you remember but what it invokes in you and why you chose it It's um um So for me it doesn't talk about people mm-hmm. it talks about um how i'm changing mm-hmm. um and i when i look back at some of my diary notes from just a few years ago mm-hmm. um i can't relate to some of the things i can't relate to some of the views i can't relate to some of the struggles mm. i can't relate to how lack of confident confidence i had mm-hmm. um but i the values are still there so it feels like i'm dying um every a uh, day some part of me is dying mm-hmm. um 
but I think I um, the whole Julius Caesar thing is weird because it feels like I'm killing a part of who I am, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if it's right or wrong. But do you feel as if another part is being born as one dies? Oh, that's a good. That's a good point. I guess right. It's kind of like we're. Um, Shedding skins all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we a... can see the skin if we want to, but then we just move on. Mm. Yeah. Just like our reptilian friends. <laughs> <laughs> and just the, like this poem, you yeah. know, that's how yeah. we get, seem to be able to move on with anything. Yeah. Mm. This um, actually reminds me of a loosely connected, um, in, a, in a, a Punjabi poem mm. that uh, Amrita Pritam, she's one of the most phenomenal poets who ever lived she also lived during the uh, she lived during the independence and partition partition of india mm-hmm. she's very very well known for writing a poem that a heart-wrenching poem about the partition like how many mm. people died but the one i absolutely love is go, it goes main tenu fir milangi kithe kis tarah nahi jaandiyan par tenu zarur milangi which is i'll meet you again where how i do not know and she wrote this poem to her partner who was a painter and she writes uh, maybe i'll be a figment of your imagination and i'll descend on your canvas or i'll be a mysterious line on the canvas and i'll silently keep observing you and then she goes on different ways of sun rays and other ways and towards the end she talks about again I don't know where and how but I'll meet you again. Mm. And I think um whatever we shed right it just comes back. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah so it's just yeah. a random poem that That's I a beautiful poem. I actually have tears in my yeah. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I'm not as a first here on the beach podcast Marta is crying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you feel like this line has uh, resurfaced for you like uh, you see it you see the skin it's mm. hopped back from your notebook maybe a f- from a few years ago mm. yeah the julius caesar one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. i uh, i really like the line as well cuz i feel like it speaks to legacy as well not mm. just um how we're coping with the death of parts and the birth of of new parts of ourselves but also how that accumulates into one remaining history right. and Julius Caesar's being uh, like <laughs> so so but that's what remains all yeah. of those things came together and you had the figure of Julius Caesar and yeah. i guess we're all destined for the same kind of thing i hope not exactly <laughs> the same watch um, your back lady <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, Bip and we'd like to thank you very much for coming yeah, on the show today. It was amazing. Thank you so much. Um, and that's it for us here at Beetroot. Um, you have been listening to the Beetroot podcast, a product of Uber Radio. Um, our, our soundtrack? No. Our theme music is by the Sieben Smink Trio, and it's called Life Itself, and it's from their album Ravens Are Smart. And our podcast cover was designed by our very Me. own Marta McLeodurf. Ooh. Uh, We'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye.